At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hello once again, Pat's pals and friends of Foxborough. We welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a podcast brought to you by WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. It's the midweek, or at least the midweek when Sunday is the fun day. It's Thursday, and we are happy to bring you once again the mailbag edition of the Six Rings podcast, where we ask you via the social medias, what kinds of questions are on your mind, the mind of the mad fan of Pat's Nation? And we try to provide the best and most informed answer possible. Patriots coming off the buy, a well-timed buy for a million different reasons, getting ready for a huge, pivotal, enormous, pivnormous, if you will, showdown in the AFC East Sunday in a return to action against old Zacky boy Robert Sala and the New York Jetropolitans. Of course, the Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, all right now in the mix for the top spot in the suddenly wide open and wild AFC East, not to mention the fact that they are the number seven seed in the playoffs right now. They're a wild card. All four teams from the AFC Beast currently in the playoffs. So basically... First things first, the Patriots' destiny, it's in their own hands. That's right. The Patriots actually have their fate, their destiny. It's in their hands right now. They can make of this season what they want, what they choose to, and what they will. Now, their opponents the rest of the way will probably have a little something to say about that as well. But if you take a look at how they did the first half of the season, they were 5-4. and four. They beat kind of a bunch of not great, not greatish teams. I mean... When you beat, like, when the signature win in the first half, I guess, is either on the road against Cleveland, who we thought was a little bit better at the time. I mean, they're still kind of up and down. They're competitive. They're far from great. I mean, I guess it's against the Jets. But in that one, the I mean, the Jets basically kind of threw you the win more than you kind of went down there, grounded out, and earned it as well. Because Zach Wilson, or as I like to call him, Zach Friday, because he hands out interceptions against the Patriots like it's a Black Friday. Thought of that one myself before the podcast. Gonna go ahead and just not bad. <laughs> hey, Turp, producer Turp, you like that nickname for Zach Wilson, Zach Friday? 
I do like that one. That one's creative. I haven't heard it either, so that's original. Thank you. That's a new right. All right, so we're claiming firsties on that one. So if you yep. see me use it on socials or in a video or, of course, on the radio station, you'll know that it was during the mailbag podcast that we claimed exactly. Zach Friday for the it's way he hands out interceptions. We caught with trademarks. It's not legally pressed, printed. Yep. Boom. Done. Thank you. All right. Just wanted to make that as podcast official as possible because no one ever steals IP or gags, liners, nicknames, et cetera, in the wide open space of podcasts and the internet. I've never heard that happen before as well. But anyway, that's their signature win. They beat the Lions. Uh, like There's, there's not, not a, a, a truly great win against another playoff-bound team, a really good team as well. What was it, like uh, like a 400 winning percentage for all the teams that they played? Andy Hart on the previous edition of the Six Rings podcast gave out all the percentages, the numbers, the statistics, uh, or as I like to call them, stats that have balls, statisticals. Another one. I've used that on the air before, Terp, so you don't have to help me copyright that one as well. That's, that's another Fitzy original right there. Uh, yeah, they didn't play a lot of great teams. And they didn't really beat a lot of great teams as well. Now in the second half of the season, they play much better teams. They have the winning percentage goes up by like 100 points in the second half of the season. You get a lot of other teams competing for playoff spots as well, which means it's going to be harder. It's going to be it's going to be more of a grind for these Patriots. But if they're to actually avoid these second half swoons that have been coming to define them as much as anything else in the post Tom Brady era, hell, the final half of his final season in New England in 2019 sort of began this second half swoon that the Patriots have been known for in 2020, 2021. Will they avoid that fate or does destiny await them all the same once again? Eight games, bunch of prime timers against other playoff teams. Should be a wild ride. It begins a new Sunday against the Jets. Your questions. Here we go. All right. From the book of face. John Starodumsky, what's your prediction for the rest of the season, guys? Uh, who do we beat? Who beats us? And do we make the playoffs? Uh, Andy Hardis previously said on the podcast, the Patriots are going to go seven and 10. Uh, I say nine and eight with a cap of 10 and seven. If they go 10 and seven, they make the playoffs. I see them going nine and eight. I'll run through the way I see the wins and losses playing out the rest of the way. Whether or not they make it at nine and eight, Totally depends on how the Chargers and Ben's gals do as well, because I think the Jets do make the playoffs. I'm damn sure that the Bills and the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. At this point, I actually think the Dolphins are going to sneak in as the number one seed in the, uh, they're going to win the AFC East. They could be battling it out with Kansas City, depending on how how well Mahomes' chefs do in Beef Town, or Rib Town, I should say, rather, uh, for the number one spot, like the conference by overall. But I think the Dolphins finish with the number two. Uh, yeah, it's going to totally depend on how the Chargers and the Bengals do as well. All right, so here we go. Eight games left. Sunday against the Jets. Uh, I know this is coming from me, Mr. Patriot, super fan himself. I collect a part-time check from the team. I'm on the Jumbotron. Come on, Fitzy, what are you doing? I think the Jets get their revenge on Sunday against the Pats. I think Zach Wilson stays within himself, within script, on platform, in the game. Doesn't throw this one away to the Patriots. It's a well-played game. It's a hard-fought game. Big D on both sides. I just don't trust the Patriots' offense enough yet to be able to make the plays necessary to beat another really good defensive team that honestly should be licking their chops because they're like a rough in the passer away from blowing the pats out a few weeks ago, and who knows where the Patriots are at this point. 
So I think the Jets level the playing field. They end the streak at 13. They get the win on Sunday. Oh, no, the Pats are 5-5. Five and five. Okay, the next game against the Vikings. Okay, I understand it's primetime Kirk Cousins, who's like 2-5,000, and 5, 000, and he's absolutely terrible. Uh, uh, and, you know, night games and, you know, national TV audience games. Vikings just have too much, too much. You saw what they did Sunday when they were given an opportunity to come back against the Bills. They got the win. That was the, maybe the game of the year as well. They lose to the Vikings Thanksgiving night. They're five and six. Okay. Then a week later, they don't get the usual buy after the Thursday night game. It's another Thursday nighter. This one on Amazon. You got Al Michaels, you got Herbie, and you got the Buffalo Bills on primetime. Again, the Patriots make them punt. Yes. Do the Patriots play better defense? Yes. Is it a good game? Yes. Do the Patriots win? No. So now they drop to five and seven. And then, ready for this? Four-game win streak. It starts fresh with a Monday night affair against Kyler. The Patriots' call of duty, go out to Arizona and win another game where they've won some big games in recent years. We'll forget about that one that they lost a little over a decade ago, about a decade and a half ago in the desert. Then they go Sunday, might be flexed out the prime timer, Sunday night football against McDaniels and the Raiders. What a disaster. What a medical tent fire that whole entire organization and season has turned out to be. So they they win against the Raiders in primetime. Then Christmas Eve, Bengals, a Christmas Eve miracle in Foxborough. Patriots squeak one out against the Bengals. That's the only one where I don't necessarily see how and why. I just I just believe right here. Right in my old heart of hearts right there. I just know the Patriots are going to find a way. There could be snow fireworks. Oh, the, the tailgate after the game will be like the best Christmas supper. Everyone will be having around the old hearth and kettle and throughout Pat's Nation in New England. New Year's Day, cold weather I'm predicting. It'll slow down Tour, uh, Waddle, Tyreek, and company just enough for the Patriots to finally beat Tua under Bill Belichick, get the win against the Dolphins. Now they're nine and seven. Oh my God, the Pets went on a four game win streak. They are going to make the playoffs. Then it just depends on the Buffalo game. If Buffalo is playing for seeding for the AFC East, for the number one seed overall in the conference, big bad news for the Patriots. Only unless there's three feet of snow heading the way of Buffalo, like there is for this coming Sunday's game. Uh, I forget who's actually, uh, the Browns are coming to Buffalo. It's like, it's the lake effect snowball. It's going to be like three feet of snow up there. Could that level the playing field or another 50, 60 mile per hour, windy gust type of night? Otherwise, I think the Pats might lose that one. And then it's just going to come down to like, we're going to need Kornacki's khakis to break down every single matchup and stat and interconference this and common rivals that. So it's going to be close the rest of the way. But look, if they don't come out and score points, if they can't play consistent defense, if they can't have cracked their own enigma code of why every single category offensively this year, save for rushing yards for Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots have regressed in, then it doesn't matter because the team doesn't have much of a future in the first place. And they're going to get their doors blown off more often than not, let alone lose some of the games they're going to need to win to try to qualify for the playoffs, have a winning record and put more respect back on the name of the Patriots and Gillette Stadium. It's that simple. Like they had the, if the week off wasn't spent trying to figure out what the hell has happened and why everyone has taken a small to pronounced step back, everything. I mean, everything. Jacoby Myers has 40 catches in seven games and he's got three touchdowns. So he's kind of on track to play at, if not surpass his stats last year. 
And we already talked about Ramondre Stevenson. The Ramonsters having a massive season. Everyone else, huge steps back. Second leading receiver on the team, 15 catches for Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne. I mean, I don't know. Aguilar's got like 14. Like, it's pathetic. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. I don't know how they fix it. I, I, my suggestions, keep the tight. Obviously, the health of the offensive line. Get the tight ends more involved. Ramondre Stevenson, run it again through Ramondre Stevenson, spell him with Harris, back to the Ramonster. Get Kendrick Bourne the ball in space and hope you can play some defense. That's the recipe for success I got. And that's how I see the rest of the season playing out. Thanks for the question, John. All right, now to the tweet machine. At Duyong underscore Lee, what could be different this time in Jets compared to the earlier game? Uh, anyone, any injuries or any players out on IR, change of positions? Number one, uh, producer Justin Turpin just messaged me while we were getting that question up on the board, that Ty Montgomery, who played but a game for the Patriots, I believe, this season, we all thought he was going to actually miss time with his ankle injury. Turned out he actually had a shoulder injury. And according to Jim McBride from the Boston Globe, Ty Montgomery is out for the season after shoulder surgery. So the guy, the veteran, who looked like a great fit as a wide receiver running back flex, had a terrific preseason for the Patriots, looked like a veteran, dependable guy. The Pats could lean on uh, for a little extra offensive spark. Someone you know who can make a play with the ball in his hands in space and is always going to be where he needs to be and do what he needs to do, out. And that sucks. That really sucks. Got that lone TD out in the flat when he rolled into the end zone, the only touchdown they scored against Miami in the opener. Oh, a short-lived season. Damn shame. An absolute shame. Feels like that was shorter even than Jeremy Hill's stint with the Patriots years ago, which, was, uh, which wasn't which was terribly long, also lost to injury. I only mention that because I know Jeremy Hill is entering the XFL draft now to be part of XFL 2023. But Ty Montgomery's out, so you can't rely on him making a difference for him. And what's the difference? I think I just outlined it in the answer to how the rest of the season goes and what we can look forward to Sunday. I think the biggest difference, I think the Pats will still have a hard time scoring a ton, although I hope they go, I hope the Patriots took the time to realize as I've begged for, opined for, lobbied for, insert whatever verb you want for basically pleading for the Patriots to go more up-tempo and trust Mac in the in the offense. I think the big difference this time is you don't see Zach Wilson throwing the ball to the Patriots as often. They will probably have him like in a, an interrogation room, just watching footage of that Patriots game from a few weeks ago, telling him, take the check down, run with the ball, or throw it away. Do not... Try to be the hero. No hero ball. No BYU Mahomesian stuff in a Jets uniform. Throw the ball away. Take the check down. Use your legs. And that's that. I think that's going to be the big difference. And unfortunately, I think that may be what tilts the table in favor of the Jets. And if the Pats win Sunday, I won't be. It's not going to be an upset. They're home. They're favored. Uh, I'm, I won't be surprised. But I'll be very happy about it because that'll be a massive step in the right direction in the second half. It'll be huge in the AFC East and in the conference as well, Duyong. So we'll see. That's why Sunday's game is huge. You can't have a much bigger game coming out of the break for the second half of the season. Moving on, Ken Perkins. How do the Patriots plan to contain the Jets' hyper-aggressive D-line if Andrews can't play this Sunday? Um, well, good news. They had the bye, so you had time to work on your line. Uh, David Andrews should be back. He definitely was feeling much better before the final game when uh, James Ferentz started against the Colts. Now you take an extra week off, so that means 
David Andrews will be basically a month removed from that super dirty, shitty, cheap shot Mike Pinnell levied on him towards the end of that Bears game. Uh, so he'll be a month removed from the concussion that he suffered that night. I think that's going to make a huge uh, – that was Monday, uh, November 24th. He'll be back in action Sunday, November 20th. That'll make a huge difference for David Andrews. He's already been spotted practicing last week on the fields outside Gillette, so he'll be back. So goes the captain, so go the line call, so go so go the games of Cole Strange uh, and the entire line as well. Hopefully Isaiah Wynn kind of got his ish together a little bit, but I think Andrews stepping in makes a massive difference. That helps Cole Strange a ton. So in, as far as making a difference against the Jets, very aggressive, productive, nasty defensive line, getting David Andrews, one of the best centers back in the game, fortifies the line, gives you your captain right up the gut, make a difference protecting Mac as well as running the ball. Good question, Ken. Next, Edwin Barr Marquez. Do you expect to get a better game from Mac Jones if the O-line does their job? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the Jets, look, Sauce Gardner is the number one rated defensive rookie. Might be He's definitely trending towards defensive rookie of the year. He's, he's kind of, there aren't many of them left right now. The highest rated cornerback in the NFL this season is Patrick Sertain, the second for the Denver Broncos. Sauce is up there. I don't think you want to be taking a lot of shots deep on the sauce, um, even though you take shots of the sauce. Okay, never mind. Uh, point being, I don't think the Patriots will have a, a big downfield game on Sunday. But there'll be some things open short and over the middle that if they try to stick within a consistent game plan, don't try to have Mac, quote, stare into the abyss, as Chris Scheim has said time and again on the pod and on WEEI. Keep it quick. Three-step drop. Five-step drop at most. Get it out. Bing, bam, boom. Tight ends, running backs. Get them involved. That'll keep the Jets' defensive line from spending the afternoon helping themselves to uh, whatever, you know, your backfield and and feasting on Mac Jones again. And it'll, you know, keep the defense guessing as well. That'll keep them in this game. That Like the Jets are far from a dynamic, high-powered offense on their own, but they can score the ball. Obviously, you saw Garrett Wilson had the, his best day, I think, as well. He didn't – yeah, no, actually, I would say Garrett Wilson probably had his best day as a rookie against the Patriots. So, you know, big difference. But also, remember – no Christian Barmore that first game against the Jets, and there also was no Kyle Duggar, and you're going to get those guys back as well. Oh, even more. Now, see, I'm getting so fired up for Sunday as well. Uh, but, yeah, I do expect Mac to have a better game. You know what else will help? Not throwing it to the Jets. So there's that as well. Terrence Thayer, what's the plan if Mac throws two? <laughs> a lot of common recurring themes here on the uh, Mailbag Podcast. Hey, you guys know your team. You know it well. I'm happy to happy to play along and play the part of a midweek therapist here on uh, Patriots therapy. What's the plan if Mac throws two picks and or has a fumble? Will we ever see Zappy again this season? You'll see if Mac has like a, if they're getting their doors blown off, you might. Although maybe it'll be good to keep Mac in there just to sort of like, here, you made this mess. You were part of it. You help clean it up. You realize what it's like to suffer through. You try to lead an epic comeback. So I don't think you'll see Zappy if the Pats are getting, get, getting the business handed to them, if you will. If he's injured, obviously, yeah, of course you'll see Zappy. He's the backup. I don't know if we'll see Hoyer the rest of the season, even on the sideline. Lord knows. Can anyone check? Anyone know where Brian Hoyer is? Like, I haven't I haven't seen nor heard high nor low from Brian Hoyer ever since the Green Bay game. I hope he's okay. I hope that the, the concussion that he suffered, I hope the head rattling that he took wasn't 
something that left him with lingering effects because, you know, Hoyer's been so integral on the sidelines and helping out Mac and the offense, you know, he's like a de facto off offensive assistant, assistant QBs coach. So don't know about that or how well he's doing. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to just ride it out with Mac the rest of the way this year. I mean, he would have to have had the word like a Jake Delhomme against the Arizona Cardinals in the playoffs, like five interceptions type of game to get pulled and put Zappy back in there as well, because we sure know that Zappy uh, is not, you know, so much more gifted or physically talented compared to Mac Jones that he can just sort of step in and run a totally different game. I don't think we see Zappy again the rest of the way if Mac is hurt, um, Terrence. And I know that bums some people out, but again, got to stick with Mac and figure out what you got the rest of the way and hope that the team stays healthy around him and they give him the best effort. And hey, maybe uh, call some plays that play to his strengths as well. That'd be a neat idea. Jordan Watson, better odds, Fitz. Patriots offense scoring over 1.5 touchdowns versus the Jets or a QB wearing gold chain shirtless this week. Also, if the Patriots make it to the playoffs, can we get a Fitzy shirtless wearing gold chains, a.k.a. the Kirk Cousins? Now, I saw that Taylor Heineke was doing an imitation of the Kirk Cousins celebration on the plane ride home from beating the Eagles Monday night on Monday Football for the Commanders. He was drinking Bush Lights or Bush Lattes, as they call them, uh, the people's beer, obviously. And then he got some business. He got some guff from people and especially some members of the Vikings saying, get your own celebration as well. Good point made by Mike Greenberg and the people on Get Up This Morning. Once Adam Schefter has parodied your shirtless celebration, then pretty much at that point, it's kind of over. It's it's pretty much played out. So uh, seeing a quarterback doing that this week for the Patriots, could you see the Zooty locker room celebration if the Patriots win and Mac Jones or someone else in the locker room is doing the Kirk Cousins dance, shirtless gold chains like the horn rim specs? Doubt it. If the Patriots make the playoffs, though, as I said on last week's edition of the Mailbag Podcast, I 100% plan on and will commit to doing some sort of my version of the Kirk Cousins celebration dance. Producer Justin Turpin noted that uh, in the minutes, if you will, in the logs and record last week. So if Pats make the playoffs, hell yes, I will be doing that. So I would say better odds the Patriots uh, score I'll take the over on 1.5 touchdowns. I, I got uh, two tutties this week. Mac throws one and the monster runs one in as well. Hopefully that's enough. Maybe add three big kick Knicks. You get a 23-20 affair. Would that do? They scored 22 last time. Could 23 get it done this week? Yeah, we'll find out. John Orson, any update on Damian Harris? What are your thoughts on a two running back offense? Uh, as far as I know, Damian Harris will be back out there on Sunday as well. I think you'll have probably the healthiest the Patriots will have been minus Ty Montgomery since week one. So you probably will get the full comportment of whatever the Patriots have, Josh. As far as a two running back offense, I love it, especially when the running backs are so different. Damian Harris is a hammer. He's a, he's a one cut and up the gut type of guy. And he's like the perfect running back to spell or compliment a Ramondre Stevenson, who's big enough, obviously, to power through the center of the line, but has shown the lateral quickness to be able to dance around would-be tacklers, evade blockers, take it to the outside. At this point now, I'm kind of with everyone else who is just totally crushing on Ramondre Stevenson. What can't this guy do? Uh, Damian Harris doesn't necessarily have a limited ceiling, but his ceiling is a little bit lower than Ramondre Stevenson's just overall and in this offense, whereas Ramondre Stevenson can do it all. He's the second leading receiver on the team with 34 catches, and I still see a high volume 
of targets going his his way the rest of the way, considering there is no third down back and Ty Montgomery is out for the season. So what are my thoughts on a two running back attack? I love it. Absolutely love it. And I would continue to expect the Patriots, so long as both backs are healthy, to employ it on a regular basis. Fitzy, I got a quick question for you. Hey, it's a Terp Chirp. What's up, Terp? What are the chances Damian Harris is back on this team next year? Unrestricted free agent. They had the two running backs in the draft class this year. The emergence thermonster. monster. What are the chances he's back? Pretty low. I would say pretty low. I, I can't imagine. I the, Now, I can't tell you where he's going to go and be a feature back as well. Uh, what other team would want him as a compliment to their primary back or to their version of a shifty back like Stevenson. Uh, there'll be a couple of teams. I imagine that'll be bidding for That'll be bidding for his services, maybe a couple million dollars a year. He's better than Sony. Michelle was and Sony. Michelle stayed employed for a while after leaving the Pats getting what traded to the Rams bouncing around from the dolphins now out to the chargers. Uh, I don't know exactly where he could end up, where he, where he might end up, but Will he stay employed as a change of pace back someplace? Absolutely. The chances of him doing it in Foxborough when they can save a couple million dollars and use like switch it literally right over to another guy like Kevin Harris. I think that's I think that's the way they go. And if they do take a back turf or if they try to sign someone else in what offensively is a pretty dry free agency period coming up. I mean, Pro Football Focus has Jacoby Myers as the number one rated free agent wide receiver. Does he strike you as somebody who should be breaking the bank and is a dynamic receiver? Absolutely not. Yeah. But th- th- that's how bad the impending free agency class is. So for everyone who's like, yeah, well, these weapons didn't work out, you know, they'll go back, you know, they get a hundred million dollars in free agent. Uh, like it's all. So do you think ta- they should have traded Harris? No. Cause what would you have gotten for him? Like a, a like, uh, like you might get a compensatory pick for him. If he signed somewhere else, would that, would that be, would that, would that have been, would that have been much better than what you may get for him in the off season? Probably not. So nah, I don't, I don't think it would have been worth it, especially if you're trying to grind out, get to the playoffs. Things are the way they are right now. No. So keep them now. Smart move. Yes. Next season on the Patriots. No, that's me. Guess. Thanks for asking Terp. Uh, Okay. A couple more here on the old mailbag pod. John, uh, oh, no, T.W. Peterson. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry, T.W. Uh, do you see any roster moves in the next two weeks that would help with the playoff run? Well, trade deadline has passed. I don't see anyone else getting cut from another team that'll make a difference or will help the Patriots significantly. Jeez, they just let little Jordan Humphrey go. Guy plays almost every snap early on in the season in a couple games as a blocker and a receiving slash tight end alternative, tight receiver wide end, whatever you want to call him. Now he's done. No time Montgomery. I can't see any moves. Uh, the only roster move I can see making a difference is the guys that were hurt against the Jets. Andrews, Barmore, Duggar, coming back, staying healthy, hopefully being able to play out the second half of the season. T-dubs, those are the ones I can see. Those are the moves I can see making a difference with the Patriots. But other than that, people coming up from the practice squad or um, – Hopefully I don't call a punter up as well. Jeez, Jake Bailey. We might have to have a conversation about Jake Bailey, like last in the league in, in punt in air yards and like punt, uh, you know, like what punt, punt net or whatever you want to call it. Net yards, like 35.1 yards, like hit a seven yard punt in that Colts game. Not on purpose. Not great, Jake. Not great. Uh, okay. John Langlois. 
Fitz, if the Pats don't make the playoffs this season, do you think they will make a coaching change? Go Pats. With Belichick, no. I don't. Will the heat and the pressure be on him for the next season? Hell yes. Could I see maybe if the offense does not improve, stays as stagnant, and continues to regress the way they have the first half of the season for the remainder of the 2022 season? Could I see changes being made there as Bill sort of scapegoats his guys, sadly, or Robert Kraft lets him know, like, listen, I now we're going four years without a playoff win. Uh, I'm not happy about any of this. I wrote a bunch of big checks. Now we got to go back to the free agency pool to try and improve the team. See if any more of these draft picks come about. He he was saying earlier this week something about the you know no one no one better than Belichick. It's not always a straight line to get to where they're going. They got some good guys. That people some some talent is developing. You know he's still being patient with the process. But I could see that that patience turning to impatience, especially in the form of making some minor coaching changes. Now whether that means Josh McDaniels would come back. I don't know. I still think old Joshy McDee is probably going to get, I bet he gets, if things don't improve out there, he gets about a half of the 2023 season, which would end up being kind of the way his Broncos contract went. Cause I just can't see Mark Davis paying John Gruden and Josh McDaniels and another coach as uh, despite what an absolute disaster the situation is with the Raiders out there as well. So major changes. No, John, I still say Belichick tries to get the record against Shula 348 wins while coaching as the HC of the NEP. Uh, speaking of which, Bruce Davis, what are the chances McDaniels gets fired and comes back to the Patriots as OC? Not great. I, I mean, he might have to lose out. Let's say the Raiders go 3-14. and 14. I don't know how you say, like, the tent poles for change or, like, the building blocks for turning a franchise around, a franchise that went to the playoffs last season and people expected to compete for a playoff spot, if not the AFC West crown this season with all that talent. Waller and Renfro, I know they're both banged up right now and on IR. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and they suck. I mean, like the 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 burning embers from the tire fire that is the Raiders right now might be the only thing brighter from space than the light atop the Luxor. Like it is a crap show out there right now. What a disaster. Getting showed up, pushed around, faced and defeated by the Indianapolis Colts who are borderline in full-blown tank mode with, you know, an offensive line advisor, former player and TV commentator turned coach coming in with old, would you give it up 40 yard runs to Matt Ryan? Oh, 150 yards to Jonathan Taylor on the ground. Their defense sucks. It doesn't stink. It sucks. It's terrible. Still next year back as OC. I don't see it, Bruce. Who else would I love to see step in? I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little poking around, but doesn't Bill just usually like to hire for what are the odds? Bill Belichick should things go awry the rest of the season coordinator wise, offense wise, just pulls a complete surprise and goes outside the organization, outside the NFL college ranks, something unique, clever and different for coordinator slim to none and slim and none haven't bought season tickets or don't plan on sticking around too long. I, I just can't see it. Who else it would be. That's a, that's a good question and another question for another Mailbag podcast. All right, those are the questions about this week. Our last one comes from Matt Meserve. Uh, and he asks, "This is a, I love a good random question, kind of like that one a few weeks ago about uh, if there was any one former Patriot you could bring back on the team to help them now, who would it be? Ultimately, I went Brady over Gronk or Moss. Love questions like that. Oof, this one picks right at a scab. 
I mean, it's scabbed up and sort of healed, obviously. I mean, a lot of, you know, multiple Super Bowl trips and three more rings will do this for you. Yet still the perfect season. Ah, oh, screw you, Asante. Catch the ball, you jerk. Why did the Pats go for a fourth and 14 in 2007 Super Bowl instead of kicking a field goal? I have long maintained, Matt, that it was fourth and 13, would have been a 47-yard field goal, not giving Guskowski a chance after Vinatieri had made so many huge kicks for the Patriots in previous Super Bowls, not trusting Guskowski to make a 47-yard field goal in a dome where points are at a premium and you are chasing a perfect season. Going for it on 4th and 13, and your play call is a throw to Jabbar Gaffney in the end zone? They had been getting pressure from that NASCAR front the Giants had all night long. Up the gut, around the end. Brady was under constant pressure all night long. So why put him in a position where he's going to have to hold the pocket a little bit, hold the ball longer, and stand in the pocket because you got to let something significant develop when it's 4th and 13? Why, why do that? should absolutely kick the field goal. I've maintained, and I even think I wrote about it for WEI.com once, that one of the 10 worst decisions, one of the most questionable calls in Bill Belichick's history as HC of the NEP was not attempting that field goal. Because you turn the ball over anyway, and the Giants ultimately score a touchdown on that drive, so you would have just given them seven further yards. Didn't, didn't affect the outcome of the Giants' next drive in any way, shape, or form. God, now I'm all hot and bothered. And here I was thinking nothing could frustrate me more than the way the Patriots offense has played so far this season, Matt. Nah, damn it. You should have kicked the field goal. I want a perfect season. All right. I'm not going to get greedy. All I'm asking for is the offense to turn it around, make a little progress, win the game against the Jets, and give us hope for postseason. That's all any good Pats fan could possibly ask for under the tree, in the stocking, or at the Yankee swap this holiday season. Thank you guys once again so very much for all your fabulous questions on another wonderful top shelf edition of the Six Rings Football Podcast Mailbag Edition. We'll be back tomorrow with our Jets Patriots preview. We'll have someone on to talk about the Jets, take us behind enemy lines. Andy will have a conversation with our pal Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald on the state of the Patriots. We'll give you our analysis, preview, predictions, and so much more. Thanks once again for listening. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe. Join the most active, diehard, ridiculous Patriots community out there. Good job, producer Justin Turpin. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod wherever you can. Until the next episode, this is Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Good day, God bless, and as always, go Pats. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.